Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hey, welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast, where we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. We are Dave and Ashley Willis, and we have a special guest today. Such a special guest, my buddy Scott Kadersha, one of my first friends in Dallas. Scott is the real deal. He's a pastor at Watermark Church, where he works in their marriage ministry. He has personally helped over 5,000 couples at that church. He's been married for 18 years, father of four boys, so his life kind of like parallels are one of just the the most down-to-earth and yet wise and practical voices there are as it relates to marriage. And he's the author of a new book, Ready or Not, K-N-O-T, Not, that we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be having a great conversation today, specifically as it relates to engaged couples, newlywed couples, and what it really takes to prepare ahead of time for a successful marriage. But this is also going to be so practical for those couples who maybe have been married a long time, but they're dealing with struggles that could have been prevented by different preparation. And there's hope for them. And we're going to talk together about how there's hope for them. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Thanks for being here today, Scott. Let's dive right in and talk specifically to that person listening right now who might not be married yet. And what are those things? Because I mean, I'm telling you what you do on the front end, so many marriage problems could be solved by the right preparation beforehand. Oh yeah, and I, I, we see that every day. You know, couples. Mm-hmm. If you really do a lot of prep work on the on the front end, it can prevent so much miscommunication and pain later on down the marriage. And so, Scott, expert guru to the <laughs> right. newlyweds and engaged. <laughs> uh, so what what do you do? I'm a single person, and I'm thinking I, I want to get married. What do I need to be doing right now to to prepare for that? Yeah, great question. So uh, I think part of the problem is so many couples are just afraid of getting married. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know we've done yeah. we've not done them a, a, a good we've just done them a disservice is probably mm-hmm. the best way to say it uh, of just scaring them off from what marriage really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for years all they've heard is like marriage is hard and you're all going to die and you're not ready for it and you're <laughs> right. too selfish and you can't have you it. can't handle so the true. truth. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can't handle being in the club. And so people have run. That's why couples are choosing to live together. Mm-hmm. They're choosing not to get married. They're choosing just to postpone it. Like let me do everything fun in life, suck all the fun out of life, and yeah. go to Europe, get the car I want, get all the pets I want, and then maybe when there's nothing else left to do, then I'm going to get married. Yeah. And I think we just need to change the message we give that marriage is actually really, really amazing. That's so true. You know, I mean, he has just hit the nail on the head there because there is like this negative bend towards marriage. And it, I do think a lot of it is in, rooted in fear because of maybe what they experienced growing up. You know, Dave always says, you know, we want to give our kids 
the view of marriage that, that it's a good thing, like that they want to be married one day. But the truth is, so many kids grow up in homes where marriage was just a fight, marriage was uh, manipulation, marriage was just hurting you know, one another all the time. And so here they are, they're grown and they're thinking, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. How do you think we can change that? Yeah, part of it is, I think you're right. When I started doing ministry with married couples and pre-married couples years ago, it was like we had this message and we had to convince them marriage is hard and you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And they know it. Things have changed where we don't have to convince anyone because they grew up in that home yeah. Yeah. where mom and dad aren't married. Maybe they're friends. Maybe they've been previously married and they know. Right. Now we need to convince them. This thing's really amazing. It, it is hard yeah. at times. Parenting is hard at times. Marriage yeah. is hard. But it's absolutely worth it if you're willing to put the work in and do the hard work before you get married. Yeah, I think that we did an engaged couples class in our church a while back, and I was expecting I was expecting a class full of twenty year old virgins who uh, you know just were were bright eyed and and ready to get married. And and what we had was I don't think there was one couple in that dynamic. We just opened it up to engaged couples, and we had couples. who you know were living together with kids already? Mm-hmm. We had couples, many that it was a it was a, a second or a third marriage. A lot of couples that were coming to this class because they'd had a marriage that had failed, mm-hmm. um, or because they tried to make it work without marriage, and there was just kind of brokenness in their relationship. But what I was seeing over and over again is is these folks they want to be married, they Absolutely. they want to be yeah. married in a, in a healthy way, but they they've never seen uh, up close in person a healthy example of it. And so they're coming to this class um, almost like a last resort of like, show us. We we don't know. It's it's not that we're anti-marriage. It's mm-hmm. though some people are in our culture for sure. But it was more just like we've we've been broken and beat up and scared because life has kind of beat us up, relationships have beat us up. We've done it in the wrong way. What do you say to those folks who maybe they're not this young person that's just thinking, I I, I want to move in and I want to uh, avoid marriage. And we know there are a lot of those folks. But somebody that's like, well, I do want to get married, but. I've done it wrong up to this point, and my life doesn't look like, you know, the traditional path of leading into marriage in a traditional way, but I want to get it right now. So where do I start right now if I already have a lot of baggage? Yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, the the reality is there is that that perfect couple does not exist out there. The sinless couple who's never sinned before, never struggles. If that's you and you're like scared or you're concerned or you have questions, I want to let you know, first and foremost, you are not alone. You are like every single couple I've ever met in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Right? Like think about most couples getting married now are they've grown up in this like pornified, over-sexualized culture where expectations are off. And I know you guys have talked about pornography before many times. And they just come in with a wrong view on marriage and a wrong view on their bodies and their significant other bodies and mm-hmm. terrified of what lies ahead. And I want to let you know, first and foremost, you're not alone. You you are just like everyone else who has concerns coming into marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, knowing you're not alone is half the battle, you know, because the enemy, that's what he wants to do is make us feel isolated and then keep us from doing the very thing that God is leading us to do, but we're, you know, caught up in fear. So, you know, a lot of times we get, we get you know, people at marriage who follow marriage today, a lot of times, they, they are not married yet, but they want to be. And their biggest question is often, how do I know, you know, he's the one or she's the one? And, uh, and, and imagine quotation marks right, around that the one. one. <laughs> okay. there's the this, one. Okay. This fairy tale ideal. <laughs> yes. You know, we get all these messed up ideas from fairy tales of what love's supposed to look like. You know, yes. Sleeping Beauty, he's going to come kiss. Listen, Sleeping Beauty is about a guy that's making out with a woman who's in a coma, which is illegal <laughs> and creepy. I would not and base so, your life like, on we that. We have yeah. all these weird ideas about what love's supposed to be. 
But what a great question, sweetie. How do you know if does that the one exist? And if if they do, how do you know if this is the right person? And right. you can answer this, Scott, kind of in the context of your own story. Because I love your story of how you and your wife met. You were hot for teacher, like I the was, song. I was. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. which is that just is great. <laughs> epic, you know. So so tell us a little bit about that. But then in that unpack this million dollar question. How do you know when you found the right person? And then the next part of that, once you found the right person, how do you know if you are actually ready to get married? And and we're not just rushing into this thing. Yeah. So it's the right person and the right timing and the convergence of where those two things intersect. Yeah, so like out of the 7 billion people on the face of the <laughs> earth, what if I pick the wrong one? That's yeah. a lot of pressure coming <laughs> right, in. Right, right. Yeah. Right, and so that idea of the soulmate, the one is such a myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and so a little bit of my story because you asked, you know, so Kristen was my teacher when I was in grad school. I was hot for teacher. <laughs> and she was not so hot for student. It took her right. a couple of years to Well, to take to the creepy factor out, I said, yeah. you weren't like in middle school and she was 30. Right? <laughs> right. You, you were like the same age. Totally different. So, but yeah. it still yeah. sounds really, really cool. Scandalous and cool. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. She is a little bit older, three years older. We were in, I was in grad school. She was a physical therapist. Cougar. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And coming after me. No, it was exact opposite. Like, I was really hot for her. It took a long time for her to Where, get yeah, with convince it. Convince her. And part of it, was like, just candidly, I was not ready. She wasn't ready. The first, We dated. The first time around, I finally convinced her, hey, I think you should date me. And so we kind of dated, and and we were so immature. We were like, it was the first Christian relationship we've ever had, and crossed boundaries physically, crossed yeah. boundaries emotionally. When she wasn't nice to me, I would literally go in the chapel where we worked. It, we were in a big hospital, and I would cry oh. every day. It was like the most, no, don't own me. It was like the most <laughs> pathetic human being ever on the face sad, of the earth. I was, I was sad. <laughs> And she was mean to me, and she wasn't ready. And she is like, mm. you know, she's the kindest human being I've ever met. Mm. But back then, we just weren't mature spiritually. We were two immature, brand new followers of Christ yeah. trying to figure mm-hmm. this thing out. And so the timing just wasn't right. And so we dated, broke up. And when we broke up, we really got serious about our relationship with Christ. Yeah. And uh, and I never thought we would date again. I, I kind of, you know, Taylor Swift, predecessor, we will never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever get back <laughs> together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And something changed where we both became these attractive followers of Christ. And she actually asked me out on a date, and things were radically different the second time around. So so the most important thing, if you're looking for someone to marry, the most important qualification is, is just where are they spiritually? What's their yes. relationship with Christ like? Man, that's that's huge. It's and so that's good. the part that's missing, I think, in, in yes. so many— We want to look at just compatibility or— Attraction. He likes pizza. I like yeah. pizza. We're both into the same whatever. And if Jesus isn't at the center of it, none of those other things will ever be enough. It's so true. And, you know, as I'm hearing Scott tell a story, it reminds me of this myth that so many, even Christians believe this, that their spouse is going to complete them, mm. that when they meet the one— it's like their their piece that is missing. And this seems romantic. And, and this was perpetuated by the movie Jerry Maguire a long time ago. Like, you complete me. Complete I cried me. too. Yes. I cried. Every time. I mean, you every had me time. Hello. I get yeah. it. Yeah, you had me at hello. And, you know, and, and that's another myth too. Like, you don't have to say other words. Right. That's a oh, whole hello. other thing. Um, yeah. You're mine forever. Um, like you're, like, and I get you without words. That's just ridiculous. But the whole you complete me thing, that is a myth. Only God completes us. Like we can't look at a person and expect them to make us whole. And I think when we go immaturely, so many of us do this. Like, and and I mean, Dave and I, we've been there too. When we, when we just don't have the maturity to know that, we're going to be disappointed because people are going. I mean, you know, they're not perfect. They're not God, and so they're going to disappoint us. They're going to let us down, and it's we're going to be on an emotional roller coaster because we're looking to this person to fill a void that only God can fill. And so, if you're listening right now and you're in that dynamic, like Scott and his wife, in the early years of their dating relationship. 
First and foremost, again, you're not alone, but maybe think about, you know, where am I spiritually? What is my relationship with the Lord? And I do think that, you know, once we reach that level of spiritual maturity to know like this person, I can expect this person, even though I love them so much and I want to spend the rest of my life with them, I can't expect them to meet my every need and to fill a void that I have in my heart. Only God can fill that void. And I think once we understand that, we have the maturity to move forward together. What I love about it, a a quick thought from Jimmy Evans, who has taught us so much about marriage and this idea of the soulmate myth. And something he says is you make your soulmate in the trenches of life. And and he yes. unpacks that by talking about how really it's not this just initial spark where, oh my goodness, we're, we're bonded forever because you said hello the right way. Right. But it's locking arms, you know, it's going through those trenches of, of life and love and commitment and the days you don't, choosing to love each other on the days that you don't feel like liking mm-hmm. each other. Right. And it binds your hearts together in that commitment because love is really a commitment the way that God describes it. And and Scott, I love what you're saying in, in terms of not just looking for, you know, the one, but really trying to become, become the, the one God one. created yeah. you to be, become the person that God made you to be, which requires pursuing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and making Him the center and allowing Him to really bring you, your heart to where you need to be. Otherwise, um, even if you found that perfect person, you're just going to wound each other. Yeah. Yeah, The other, and the other piece I think that really helps along with that is not just where are you spiritually, but what what do those who are close to you say about your relationship? Oh, that's uh, yeah. huge, and So, man, yeah. I see this trend all the time where this, like, guy loves Jesus and a girl loves Jesus and they're super plugged into our church, have great friendships with guys and girls, and then they meet each other and they, actually, there's a term for it, they call, they call it submarining, mm-hmm. where they start dating one another and they kind of go under the surface, they disappear from life and nobody oh, knows yeah. how they're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to like, anyone can speak into the relationship to help them realize if they're ready for marriage. And so one of the things that we consistently talk about, my wife and I and the ministry I'm, I'm, I help lead, is making sure you got people who are speaking to your relationship. And so if you're trying to find the one, you're not going to find the one, but make sure the people who are around you, the many around you, would confirm this is a good choice for yeah. you. That, that was part of our problem. When we dated the first time, our communities were actually the ones who suggested that we break up. Yeah. And then six months later, eight months later, those same people were the ones who said, hey, we see a radical change in you. We think right. you actually should consider getting back together. And so I'm glad they did that with Kristen. That's what led her mm-hmm. to ask me out, and the rest is history. And so that, yeah. that role of community is tremendous as we process this humongous decision we've got to make. Well, that's biblical. It is. With many advisors. You know, you don't want to, if you've got the wrong advisors, people that love drama, don't love Jesus, the the advice might not be good. But if these are people that love you, love God, have healthy relationships in their own life, Mm -hmm. listen to those voices, people that care about you, um, because they want good things for you. And Mm -hmm. they're going to be able to see some blind spots maybe you don't see. Yeah, because I mean, if, if you have the people closest to you in your life, telling you like this, this person brings out the absolute worst in you. And I'm seeing a terrible downhill spiral in both of your lives. I mean, that's a big red flag. Yes. You know, I definitely think you should listen, but I think so many times we tell ourselves, this is my life. They don't know this person. Like I know them. Like I've, we've heard this from so many dating couples who are just convinced. They just, you don't know him him the way I know him. I know. You don't know her. You don't see the good side. And we're like, but he's in prison. We can't really meet him. I know. But when I go and visit him in prison, (laughs) oh my goodness, he's, no, but it, but honestly, like it, it is truly a good gauge to know like, okay, like this, maybe I really should take a step back from this because I do think when we're so involved, it is, we have major blind spots yes. that we can't see that it, it's nice to have people in our lives that can really speak in and, and see those and, and and listen, be willing to listen to that. And yeah, those, those blind spots get kind of exacerbated the older that we get, you know, yes. the, the 
biological clock is kicking, mm-hmm. you know, ticking away, or I'm, I've got these fears. What if I'm single forever? And then we begin to compromise. In fact, I think the biggest mistake I see with with women who, uh, you know, the older they get, the more they compromise. Yes, yes. So I think one of the one of the most important things we can do is just remind people this is a this is not like taking a job, buying a, a car, even buying a house. What college you go to. This is the, the aside from what God you're going to choose to follow with your life. And, mm-hmm. you know, we would always want to point you towards Jesus. Apart from that, right. uh, you know, that eternity changing decision, this is the most important human decision, relationship decision you're ever going to make. And, yes. Yes. So don't compromise. And that goes for, not just for ladies, but for guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen that, that compromise so many times and, and it, yeah. it can be men or women, but I've all, I've seen a lot of women, like you say, where they, they start feeling this certain age of desperation of like, I can't. I can't be picky anymore. And they compromise on the worst parts of it. Like, well, he's not really a Christian. He doesn't love Jesus like I do, but these other things seem okay. And so I'm going to make this decision. And it never, it just never, ever ends well. You know, I've had so many conversations with women who've made that decision. And then either that marriage ended altogether, or it just created a whole lot of friction that God was trying to save them from having to go through. And they said, if if only I would have followed God's principles and not compromised on that. But I was so afraid of being lonely Mm -hmm. that I was willing to have a lot of blind spots. That's true. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values. And you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it Get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. 
you know, how how do you know? I think a lot of people listening are probably wondering this. Like, how do you know that you're ready to be married? What are some questions you need to kind of ask yourself, discussions that you need to have? What do you guys think? Yeah, that's, that is the million-dollar question, right? And I, unfortunately, there's not like this. I don't know any married couple who would ever say I was 100% confident this yeah. is the right person. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of things that are that are rule breakers, deal breakers. If one is a Christian, the other is not. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you who you should marry. I could tell you you shouldn't marry. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you're a follower of Jesus, do not marry somebody who's not right. a believer. And that's where, you know, the, the role of just where are they spiritually? What does your community say? What are they speaking into you? Uh, do you have fun together? I think that's so underrated oh, yes. in relationships. Yeah. That's huge. Like, do you laugh together? You know, because laughter, even in the hardest moments— you know, Dave and I have been married almost 18 years. I, I just, Dave, he just knows how to, to bring out the best in me and make me laugh. And I remember when we were dating, I just thought, I'm going to be laughing my whole life with this guy. And I love that. Like, I mean, he's such a goof and he's hilarious. And he like shows me his butt crack daily. Like we talk about this. He does. He tries to find ways. I try to do it daily. It's some days I miss, but. No, it's I, like in the most random I'm times. A, what's going to happen is I'm going to get arrested oh my one gosh, time. Because it's I, ridiculous. I do it in semi-public That's places. That's what I'm saying. So where, it's like racy. Or I, I kind of just lower the pants just to show a little man cleavage. Little at man the top, cleavage. You know, and then. And then I pull the shirt up and like I've been down. I'll be like, oh, I need to pick that, pick that up. up. It's yeah. ridiculous, <laughs> but I love it. But my plumber look. She laughs every time. I for laugh 18 every years. time. Like it's so funny. No, but I just I love that because, you know, in marriage, and I think this is another way to know, like like Scott said, I mean, there's no like magic formula, but I think you can know that you're ready when you realize that it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. You know, I think we just yeah. need to know it's not gonna be perfect. As much as you love this person, as compatible as you are, you're going to have issues. You're going to have moments where you literally are like, I am crazy right now. This person's driving me nuts. But if you can just find the good and focus on the good and know how to laugh and know how to to kind of take the pressure off. I think so many times we just live in this pressure, especially when when we are going through something hard. But when you know how to relieve that pressure, bring out the best in each other, that's huge. Well, I, I was watching this, this show. We, we watch a lot of shows together like old shows that took place in England for some reason. I like, am I don't obsessed know why. with the British I don't know why. And I don't old, know why I'm like even, old shows. But yes. before I get too deep down on a Downton Abbey uh-huh. tangent, um, there was this one of these shows and this woman was getting married. There's this, this is the tie-in. And she was asking her dad, who in the show was like a preacher, dad, like, what's, what's your advice? Am I marrying the right person? And this guy she was marrying was a good guy. And he said, he said, I, like, I know that you're ready and, and I, I know that you guys are good together. And he said something that was so simple but so profound. He said, because the two of you find joy together in the simple things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and I thought, there's something to be said for that. You know, that mm-hmm. like the two, two people that love God, love each other, that can find joy in the simple things. You know, it doesn't just have to be these, these huge big adventures, even though hope that's a part of your marriage too. But even when you're broke, even when, you know, things are hard, you can laugh, you can find joy in the simple things and going on a walk and, and watching a show together and, and yeah. what, whatever those simple things are to find joy, I think that that is a sign of such health in a relationship and such a good partner. Yeah, and so often couples will put on the pre-married side, put one that, you know, they're sexually active with each other, which right. we would say is, is not God's best. It's right. sin. That's something God designed for marriage. And mm-hmm. couples put so much stock and weight in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, that that's the, like we got to make sure everything works and we're compatible right. sexually. We're sexually and, compatible. Yeah, yeah, and I go, that's a great area to trust God. And there's no promise that if you, 
abstain before marriage, the things are going to be amazing afterwards, but yeah. it just provides an opportunity to trust God. But what we found in that, you know, we actually crunched some numbers about sex. You might you might like this. All right, I'm excited. Okay, so, okay, see, the average couple has sex, we'll say somewhere between six to eight times a month. And if we give them like, we give them credit for like 45 minutes per, per session, which is incredibly generous. 45 minutes? 45, That's my gosh. That what is that, well, that includes like... <laughs> are these marathon <laughs> runners? What, are they, what kind of supplements do these people take? Yeah, really? Yeah, we'll, we'll call it like, like cleaning up from dinner and putting the kids to bed and brushing your teeth and all that is part of it. So okay, when okay. that starts to when you fall asleep next to each other, 45 minutes, you, you do a little bit of math. So six to eight times a month times 45 minutes. That's actually like 0.635% of married life. Mm-hmm. You are sexually intimate with one another. Right. Which means 99.375, or I'm not a, I'm not a math guy, I'm a, I'm a pastor guy. And so <laughs> whatever 0.635 minus 100 is. So it's 99 point something percent of the time. Guess what you're doing? Yeah. You're, you're not having sex. Right. So right. Just, just thinking about sex which can be like 50% of the time. No, <laughs> doesn't count. It doesn't, doesn't count. count. No, th- yeah. there, that's such a good point, though, it Scott. It is a good point to Because make. we do, it's an important, we, we say a lot, it's an important part of your marriage, but um, it's it's but only it's one part. Marriage, it's, it's only right. one part. It's, I mean, less than 1% of your time is going to be spent in the actual act of lovemaking. Right. Um, and so you got to keep that in perspective. Yeah. So that's you got to enjoy all the small things you said. You got to enjoy yes. doing dishes together and hanging out and raising kids together and going on walks. All the things that take the 99 plus percent of life are the things that you've got to enjoy with one another, yeah. another, not just being sexually compatible. Right. That's a great point. You know, speaking of sex, it's one of those things that needs to be discussed, you know, before you get married. You know, talk about your perspective of sex. And that's something I know in our premarital classes that we had all those years ago before we got married. Married, we definitely talked about these things. You talk about expectations and things like that, and um, and Scott, just like just like you, we want to support the fact that God's best is abstaining from sex until yeah. you are married, and then once you're married, have it a lot. Crazy, yeah, yeah, go crazy. Yeah. Just have fun, enjoy that gift. But you know, we need to talk about sex. We need to talk about kids. You know what? How many kids do you want? Do you want kids at all? Like, I mean, that's something where that can be a huge oh, point of contention to. if one wants children and one doesn't. I mean, that's a huge... You're on totally different pages with these things. Oh, yeah. And it blows my mind that people don't talk about oh. these things. And then they yeah. get married and all of a sudden, oh, I want one child. I, I want to be like the Duggar family. I right. want 20. You know, I <laughs> I want to I want to be millionaires. Like, well, really, I, I want you home a, a lot. And so I want you to... Yeah. I would much rather have a small house and a modest income. Right. But it's a you, big difference. If you're not yeah. talking about these things, yeah. it's going to create so much unnecessary friction. And so yeah. talk about these things throughout because some of these goals change over time and you got you to... Right. But if you're not having honest, unfiltered conversations about what you want, what you see, what you dream, and you're doing it together, you're setting yourself both up for a lot. So, so Scott, what are yeah. those questions that you need to ask each other on the front end? Yeah, and that, you know, what you just said about kids, that, the most tragic story I think I can remember all, in all my years of, of doing ministry, and this is 13, almost 13 years, is a couple who got married and they never talked about having kids. Oh, man. She wanted, she wanted them, he didn't, and so they ended up getting divorced, and there was, they just never talked about it on the front oh, end. Man. Yeah. And so, you know, wow. all of this comes down to what we talked about in the beginning of being aligned with Christ, because your mm-hmm. view of Jesus affects everything in life. Yeah. It affects the way you spend money and the way you raise kids and the way you view kids. Are kids, you know, a gift from the Lord, or are they just like a burden that we have to do together? Uh, mm-hmm. It affects the way you think about your jobs and your friends and the way you think about intimacy and holidays and in-laws. And, you oh, know, yeah. it changes the way that we interact with our parents and our in-laws. And so all of it filters down to are we on the same page with one another about the most important things in life? And and mm-hmm. honestly, there's like no other way around that other than to learn about marriage and then to talk about it together. Talk about your expectations. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just talking, just having 
healthy communication in the beginning is setting a firm foundation as well and praying together. I mean, I think so many times couples learn about this stuff, but don't actually put it into practice Mm -hmm. until they're married. But the truth is, besides sex, you really should start doing a lot of these things, you know, like communicating well and talking about kids and learning, you know, praying for each other and, and together. Those are things you need to be doing now in your relationship. Absolutely. You know, and you're preparing yourself for a better marriage because of it. But I think sometimes we just put that off. Scott, uh, here, here's a question. Are there signs you see in pre-married couples that suggest they'll have a successful marriage? Is it the things that Ashley was just talking about, that they yeah. pray together, that they that they communicate well together? Um, are there certain things that you know, it's like, okay, if you're doing these things, if you see these things in your relationship, you're on the right track. And if these things are missing, then that's a, a potentially a red flag. Yeah, that's a great question. So the way I like to think about it is like a traffic light, think green, yellow, red. Yeah. Right. And so if you're aligned on the most important things, it's a green light. Keep yeah. moving forward towards marriage. If there's some things that you're like trying to figure out and you're not sure you're aligned, it's a yellow light. Proceed with caution. And sometimes it's right. really clear that you're not aligned on the most important things. And so it's like a red light, eject. God right. has spared you from a life of misery together yeah. right. of course, yes. down the road. Yes. Right. And so the things you're you're looking for are, are a couple of the things we already talked about of just doing where are you spiritually? Right. Are you aligned? Because that does affect everything in life. Do you have the same views on uh, you know, on money and, and kids and uh, you know, politics, like even that, right? Yeah. You know, do oh, we have the huge. same views? And and you can work through those, but the biggest thing is just, are you aligned spiritually? It's so, it's so good. You know, some of you listening to this right now are probably already married and you're like, oh no, we had those red flags. Oh, yeah. Like we, we had people we in our life. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, some are probably like, yes, my parents told me I shouldn't marry this person. Mm-hmm. And then I married them and they were right. Like, it's so hard. Like, I mean, there's people listening where they're like, I'm living in the reality of just a but tough relationship. But you need to work now that you're married. You, you need yes, to make it I was work. Gonna say, but the, the truth is you're married now. You got to work through these things. And so what would you say to couples who who are listening and they're feeling that and they, and they feel the weight of that? And right now, you know, they're just reeling from, you know, thinking back to all the signs that they probably, you know, had those blind spots we talked about, but now they're seeing the reality of that. What do you say to that couple? Yeah. So again, I think you're, you're so not alone. Yeah. You know, in fact, the majority of couples don't do anything to prepare for marriage. Like yeah. a, the most common counsel they hear is they'll sit down with a pastor like one time before they get married and the mm-hmm. pastor will say, hey, you're going to fight at times, but you got to work through it. Now go get married. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and that's just, that's just not helpful. And so if you are a couple who didn't do these things before, you're just like actually the majority of couples. Yeah. And so, I, you know, if that's your story, then your life and your marriage is still absolutely has the opportunity to be yes. redeemed, to be fixed. There's so much hope. You guys provide so many amazing resources for couples. Oh, and so, you. yeah, so just part of it is just, and be humble. You know, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And yes. so if you're struggling, just be being willing to confess and say, we need some help. We, right. uh, we want someone to walk alongside of us. Community plays mm-hmm. such a huge role in helping us grow in our marriage and our relationship. And so, you know, raising your hand is the the biggest problem and saying, hey, we're having issues and we need some help. And so look for those resources, whether it's from you guys, a local church, a ministry like we do at our church called Reengage. There's so many great opportunities. Just real quick about Reengage. It is amazing. We all the time, and I'm not, uh, yesterday I had a conversation with a friend whose marriage is in crisis. Yeah. Talked about a Reengage program that he had found. Mm -hmm. Reengage, which which is a program of Watermark Church, where Scott is a pastor. But it's at local churches around the state. It's at churches all over now. And Mm -hmm. I think it is the best in-church program 
uh, program to help marriages. It really so is. there's probably a church in your area that has reengaged. Well, we've seen it in action. Like we've we've uh, spoken at some different marriage conferences, and there was one in particular in Wisconsin, and they had this reengage. It was all these reengaged people. And just the the stories that came oh, out of it's this, powerful, it, and it's the community you get from it too, yeah. because it's twofold. I mean, you're learning how to literally reengage with one another, and a lot of these people come from, I mean, rough marriage situations, so they reengage with one another. But then they have lifelong friends to, you know, to, that also value marriage and love the Lord, and and that, you know, that is just huge. Who you surround oh. yourself with, you know, there's a couple that we love that has just been literally struggling their whole marriage. They had people tell them in the beginning, you shouldn't marry this person, and until this day, they don't really do anything together. They hang with people who also would, would tell you they're in miserable marriages. And, and we pray with them. We try to give them hope, but they constantly keep on going to these people. And we were talking about, we're like, you know, we would just love it if they would just get help, if they would yeah. just see they don't have to just survive their marriage. Because mm-hmm. they're of the belief, like, they's not going to get divorced. Like, he, he, the husband live. designed himself to just surviving. He's like, yeah. it's just my cross to bear. I mean, that's literally yeah. how he looks at it. But it's like, God wants so much more. He doesn't want us to just literally survive it like it's some life sentence, like we're in prison, a marriage right. prison. He wants us to thrive. And I love how Scott said, you know, I mean, there, there is so much hope and there's so much you can do, but we have to be the ones to do the work. And it takes work. Even marriages where you've been happy most of the time, like most of your years are happy years. It's not because it just happened. It takes work. Those are such great points. It leads into one one question for the person that's sitting there thinking, well, I would love to go to something like re-engage with yeah. my spouse. I would love to pray together with my spouse and have community of, of other friends who share our faith, but my spouse is not a believer. Or maybe they, they would say they are, but their faith is just not a priority and I can't get them to do any of those kind of faith-based activities with me. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. what a lonely place that can be. We talked to so many people in that situation. And so Scott, what would you say to that believing spouse who is feeling lonely and feeling kind of helpless what encouragement could you give to them? Yeah, yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, for those for those couples, and, and often it feels like it's the woman who's the one who's more engaged, and the guy is, and that isn't always the case. But there's a there's a great verse. It's in First Peter chapter three, and it says that we can win our spouse over by our conduct. Yes, yeah. That's and so, so good. often we think nagging them, or mm-hmm. you know, dropping a Bible on their bedstand, or telling them here's a book you need to read, or just kind of preaching at them all the time, is the way to to fix the marriage. And I. There's, I love what that, that verse says. It says, I'm going to work on myself and I'm not going to nag them. I'm going to do everything I can to win them over to Christ. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds us of like Matthew 7, 3 through 5, where I'm not going to focus on the negative in my spouse. I'm going to work on myself. We say, you know, at Watermark, we say, draw a circle around yourself and work on everyone inside the circle. Yeah. That I'm going to work on myself and become the most Christ-like person I can. And then, and then pray that God uses me and uses my story and my faith to, to win my spouse over. And then, you know, again, like re-engage would be a great place if they're mm-hmm. willing. And then the sure. role of community to help encourage you to keep working, yeah. keep staying faithful. You know, we, we've seen couples just in years when, when Dave was a pastor, we've seen this happen. We've literally seen this happen where one spouse is sitting in that pew week after week after week. There's no, you know, their spouse never comes with them. And then all of a sudden, because of their kindness to their spouse, I mean, something as simple as love and kindness. Yeah eventually that spouse would join them and then they would they would follow Christ and it, I mean that is amazing yeah. to watch and we know it's hard though I mean I I, I want so to I want to you know just level with people who are going through this and, and recognize it's hard 
but keep keep on praying for them. Keep on, like like Scott said, inviting them in a loving way, but not preaching at them, just loving them and being kind to them, showing them the love of Christ. Because that's that's ultimately what draws all of us in is his love and his grace and mercy towards us. So just keep keep on hanging on there. That's such good advice. Now we've we've so loved our time talking with Scott today. He is uh, he's just a, a treasure of resources, a gift yes. to the, oh, the, to, the to the kingdom and the marriage community and just a great, great guy. And we want you to pick up his book. Ashley yes. and I were honored to get a sneak preview and and uh, and give a give a thumbs up for it. Man, it's two thumbs up. This book is a powerful resource. It's called Ready or Not, K-N-O-T, like tying the knot. What a love clever it. title. I love but it. But it's not just a clever title. It it is uh, it is power packed full of practical resources. This is an amazing gift to give yes. to that engaged couple in your life. It's also got so many great, it's 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 a powerful tool for engaged couples, but reading through it, you're also going to see there is so much good in here, especially for those newlywed couples. I would say for those couples that that, uh, that have been married, they're maybe in the first five years of marriage, they're starting yeah. out together, uh, meant so many practical guidelines. So it's going to have a powerful impact for the engaged couple but it's also going to be really meaningful for the married couple. So I know it comes out February 5th. Scott, what do you want to tell us about the book? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I mean, part of the reason I wrote is I wanted to find a book that was practical, biblical, and authentic to help couples get ready for marriage. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of great marriage books out there. There's some good pre-married books, but I couldn't find that book. And so I wanted the book that was going to you know, be, point them to God's truth that it would be it would be biblical and it would be practical. It would tell them how to do the things they they need to do but don't know how to. And then the authentic side, we just live in such a such a fake world and mm-hmm. culture. And I wanted people to hear from from real couples and, and let them know what's lying ahead of them. And I wanted them to know how great marriage is. And so I'm I'm thrilled with how it came out because of the the work that the publisher did and great friends have done to, to make it a good book. And it came out to be that book that I think will help couples find the counsel and encouragement they need to to move forward towards marriage, to be ready or not for marriage. I love it. I love it. So please go out and get that wherever books are sold, uh, available on February 5th. And Scott, thank you so much for being here with us. It was just awesome. Love you, bro. Love you guys. 